There's a lot going on in our world right now, and depending on what news feed you listen to, you might feel like you have all the information. Can I give you a surprise announcement? You don't. Only God has the fullness of all things, and really, depending on your news feed, they, everything has a little bit of a spin or a waiting, and, only, uh, and so be careful what we put our trust in. I can tell you what I can put my trust in all the time because it doesn't change. That's the Word of God. So if you're wondering what's going on, I would, uh, yeah, stay informed, but here's what I'm saying. You need to be aware that Christ is about to come back. Now, you're like, okay, pastor, you're getting some trouble. No, I know this for a fact. Write it down. You ready? Prophetic. Christ is coming back sooner today than he was yesterday. I can count that good, right? But there are definitely the signs of the times, and I, I really, uh, the more I talk with people, there's just so much going on, and uh, Israel is important to a Christian for many reasons. That whole area, in fact, when you get into the whole aspect of the state, uh, or what used to be called Palestine, kind of there is now. We're going to talk more about that next week. By the way, this is going into a two-part, and even today, I feel like I'm heavy on slides and maps and scripture. And so what I wanted to remind you is all of this is available right now uh, for future. Instead of trying to write things down or see a lot of you taking photos with your, with your camera or your phone, uh, you can go and get them all, uh, either via the online web or on your, on your app. So, um, and next week might even more be, have more slides and information because I want to try to bring to you truth. I'm trying to not be political. This is not about trying to decide certain things, but I want to bring you some history, some understanding, and really what I hope it does, what it did to me, is it points me back to, man, I need Jesus. Man, we need a supernatural God. We need somebody that's got, knows the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega, that he has the name that's above all names, and I do not have to put my trust in what I can figure out. I can trust him. How about that? I don't know what you're walking through, but this can apply to not just stuff that are global issues, but it can apply to where, we're, where you're walking through. I might share a little more later, uh, depending. Um, this is a, a slide, or I say a map that I found not too long, that re reflects 2005. It means it's semi-current. Uh, it looks interesting, looks familiar, uh, but before uh, we totally dive in, it's good to know that. I wanted to talk about Israel today in relation to some things in the past. For instance, the first slide on the far left that is the Jewish kingdom, kingdom under David and Solomon's rule. The red is outlining today. Uh, the middle is uh, the Jewish kingdom under the Maccabees. Uh, and, and things over there are, were, have been always changing. You all know that if you haven't done any research on this. The far right is Israel today. Uh, when you look at some other things you might we might touch base on next week, like the League of Nations or the UN partition plan or the two-state things. I'm just giving you information, okay? You can see those various maps or profiles uh, in relation to what we would say t today is. Here's what I can share with you from a firsthand experience. How many have been to Israel? It's an amazing experience. I wouldn't go right now, but it's a great experience. Uh, I went in 2008, and uh, this is just a couple of the photos that uh, we took. Uh, that's the, uh, the, the prayer wall, which is at the base of uh, where the temples w were during the times of uh, the, the Jewish uh, occupation or the Jewish uh, uh, being settled there at the time of the Solomon's temple and on and on. But if you'll notice, there are extra things going on. For instance, in the lower left, there's uh, armed people. 
Uh, if you go up the, the walkway to go up to Temple Mound, there are armed people. Uh, there are multiple states that converge at that place uh, to oversee. Uh, I happen to uh, be interested in military things because of having sons and daughters that have, daughter-in-laws that have been involved. In fact, our, our oldest is still uh, in the Air Force. He's a lieutenant colonel. But I was able to gravitate and just, we went to some outposts. The group we were with went into some close to Palestinian areas, some Ariel and some things like that. Uh, Bethlehem, you think, oh, where Jesus was born, right? It should be all roses and fun and peaceful. You, an Israeli cannot go into that area. In fact, on the right photo, you'll find a, a very tall cement wall, and they're forbidden. And you go through checks and guards just to go see where Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Uh, and they, you leave your tour guide and the tour bus back on the other side. You're going, okay. <laughs> Lord, you know, but he's there. He's everywhere, right? So when we think about this, that's kind of today, and we're going to talk more about it, uh, leading up to, to, to present events next week. But I want to talk about before Israel. You know, back in the beginning uh, would be a good place to, to lay some foundational things. And that's what I hope today to do is um, bring some foundational things to wire things the way they are. Are you ready? So in the beginning... It's going to be a long message. <laughs> I'm hopefully going to just do some mountain toss. But in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Amen? That's actually before God went, big bang, it is so. I mean, some of you are like, we won't have to go there. That's a whole other message. But I believe God spoken, and it was. Uh, it, call it bang or whatever, it happened. He was in charge of it, Okay. Uh, there was creation. We're talking about 4,000, they're estimated 4,000-ish years ago. It actually says before 4,000. Uh, we don't have that nailed down. Somebody said, well, it's 5,600. It's 8,000. God's got it, right? Is that, does anybody need to be on that part of the deal? Okay, come see me later. Garden of Eden, fall of man. We know that that happened. When we look uh, at the time, there was some, uh, some people smarter than I came up with some maps that would indicate what was the Middle East like at 3,500 before Christ, 3,500 years before Christ. Mesopotamia was, uh, uh, if you'll notice around there, there's a lot of farming that's going on. This is kind of the civilization at the time. Uh, when we are, begin to move forward from that point of time, you see that you have not only Egypt and stuff is starting to develop, but on the biblical timeline, you see that you got Cain and kills Abel and the generations of Adam to Noah. That's all found in Genesis chapter four and five. I wanted to make sure you can come back to the word of God to know what we're doing in history. There's a lot of people that would say, you know, 22 billion years ago, a flea bit a gnat and okay, I don't know. Y'all are like, yeah, really? Flea, gnat? Don't go there. Uh, but wickedness uh, pr provokes God's wrath. There was a wrath. And what happened? A great flood we find throughout all of civiliz various civilizations. You find a record of some type of great flood or some kind type of, of thing that, that was uh, life-changing for the world at that time. And then there was a covenant of a rainbow. How many saw the rainbow last Wednesday night? Man, there were posts everywhere. Wasn't that amazing? If ever God just every now and then says, hi there, I still got it. Man, we need, I wish we could have had that globally. Hello, it's all right. Don't worry about that. I got you. I got you. I got you back, right? Uh, leads us up to Shem, Ham, and Japheth, which is, you know, after the flood, that was the sons of Noah. Wonder where they went. Here's a map that it indicates 
kind of Ham going towards Egypt and, and, uh, and, and Sham and Japheth, you know, going towards them, what we call the Asia. Great information. The more you dig in this, the more you begin to realize how much you don't know. That's at least me. Uh, you go into now a thousand years. Isn't time fun when fly when you're having fun, right? We now move a thousand years forward, and we begin to see this development in Canaan. We see the development in Egypt. People are beginning. There's a, a, the civilization of actual uh, the Sumerian uh, Mesopotamian area. These trade routes begin to grow, and cities begin to get scattered across the the Middle East. Tin and copper become an important commodity. Uh, it creates bronze. Uh, there's a lot of things going on, especially in weaponry and, and warfare. Egypt is now becoming well-established. We move on a little faster into before 2100 BC. We have the suffering of Job. We've got the Tower of Babel. 20, here, you can just watch through there. But here's what I, I, I wanted to highlight a couple of things. God's sending Abram to Egypt. Abram is in Ur. Everybody say Ur. That's what you do when you hadn't eaten. You're hangry. Er, you know, anyway. Uh, and then there's a covenant that God, uh, that God gives Abram. We talk about Ishmael being born. We're just marching through the Genesis chapter here, or the book of Genesis. Uh, there's, a, there's some covenants. Then Isaac's born. Uh, there's an offering of Isaac. And by the way, at that, that's another place we might talk a little more next week, but uh, briefly, is that is where if you read, and I did studying through all of the Christian literature, then I went and looked at some Jewish reaccounting of their faith, and, and then I went over to the Arabs. Did you know if you look at their writing of history, it, it pretty much lines up until about there. The same Abram is the same Abram and Abraham that we have. It's the same God, Yahweh. It's the same until we get to about there and they believe that Ishmael was at the Dome of the Rock being sacrificed versus Isaac. That's another place we can talk about next week. Let me bring it to a simpler where I really want to pick up today and lay some foundation for us for next week. I believe if you don't have biblical history, if you don't go to the Bible to know what today sits on or what it's part of, you can get a little more confused than ever before. Here's Abram, also known as Abraham, obviously. Eventually his name is changed. Uh, and we are, uh, find that Abram actually brought a ego, not an egocentric type society, which it's all about me. He brought a God-centric one of the things that his moving in out of Ur into this area of Canaan, he brought into the monotheism, meaning moving from a multi-god type culture that was all around to a single god. He's the father of Judaism, Christianity, Islam, it's the same. So where did this conflict really begin? If you have your Bibles, we're going to start at chapter 13 and we're going to march through. There'll be slides on the, on the screen, but if you want to make notes in your Bible, you can open up there and here we go. Are you ready? Okay, good deal. And the Lord said to Abram after Lot had separated from him, look, look, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, westward, for all the land that you see I will give to you, to your offspring forever, and I will make your offspring, now it's a key word there, he didn't name one individual, offspring. We're going to come, it's reinforced here in scripture as we keep going. As the dust of the earth, so that if no one or if one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring also will be counted. Basically saying there's no way. It's going to be so many. Genesis chapter 15. I'm just giving you some foundational blocks. After these things, the word of God came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be great. Pause. Do you believe 
As a believer in Jesus Christ, do you believe that also Jesus is not only your Savior, but through what, who God is, he's also your protector? Do you believe for, through the Holy Spirit that you are given a, abilities that are beyond your human ability that, because they come from God? Do you believe you can ask for wisdom that are beyond your training and God is faithful? Especially if you ask, reveal it in your word. Hello? I have, I have about eight hours worth of material here. Some of you are like, okay, but let, let me unpause here. But Abram said, oh Lord, what will you give me? For I continue childless. And the heir of my house is, he was the heir of Damascus, and they, basically cousin, nephew, somebody. <laughs> and Abram said, behold, you have given me no offspring, and the member of my house is going to be my heir. I, I, I have found myself personally feeling like God just wasn't aware of what was going on in my life. Has anybody been there? I, I've, I've actually thought, you know, I, I just think he's not uh, getting it. I don't think he's in tune with my plight, my situation. You know, I was looking for a, I was looking for all love and law, the wrong places. Anybody been there? Boy, you all are just, I'm going to talk to this side of the room there, there you know. Now it, it's so easy for us to think that we, that God somehow isn't in tune with all things, but he is. God says this, and as we go on and behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son would. He's speaking about something that he's historically seen not happening. I know there's some of you had to wait a long time for a child to be born, but there's other kinds of promises God has made to you, and you really don't know if he's going to do it for you. He does it for that family or that dude or that guy, but somehow I've read about these promises and I haven't experienced them yet. Can I say that God's promises are true and faithful forever and ever? If he says it, it is so. We just have to be patient and be willing to wait upon the Lord. He goes on to say, and he brought him outside and said, hey, he's one more time. Hey, I'm reminding you, look around, look at the stars. If you're able to number them, then he said to them, so shall your offspring be. And there's no way to number them, meaning there's going to be a lot. Let's move to Genesis 16. So far, so good. All right, here we go. Now, Sarai later becomes Sarah. Abram's wife had borne him no children. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said to Abram, Behold, now the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. But Abraham listened to the voice of Sarah, and he's an idiot. <laughs> Everything going on in the world today could have been stopped right there. And of course, Adam was an idiot too. He could have said no to the apple, right? Amen. Sorry, guys. We have, with Jesus, anything, we can be redeemed. I mean, just, all right, here we go. So far, Abram had lived 10 years in the land of Canaan. Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian, her, her servant, gave her to Abram, and, her, and, and basically she became his wife. And he went into Hagar, and she conceived, and when she saw that she had conceived, this is now um, Sarai, she looked with contempt at her mistress, or vice versa. I've got that backwards. I apologize. It's coming up, though. Sarah's going to get a little torqued. That's in Maps chapter 2, torqued. Uh, Sarah said, Abram, may the wrong done to me be on you. <laughs> Taking it. Anyway, I gave you my servant to your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked at me with contempt. That's Hagar. May the Lord judge between you and me. 
But Abram said to Sarai, behold, your servant is in your power. Do to her as you please. And then Sarai dealt harshly with her and she fled. So, so how do you apply all of this to present? There are times when things are just not going well. And what we want to do is bail. You know, I don't, this job's getting hard or this person, this, this relationship is just difficult and I'm just uncomfortable. So I'm going to move. I'm going to leave this. And, and I don't, I'm, I'm reading a lot into this a little bit, but how many times God uh, wants to do what he asked Hagar to do? So this says the angel of the Lord, we're picking up in chapter or in verse seven, the Lord, the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the way to Sir. And he said, Hagar, servant of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? And she says, I am fleeing from that job that I don't like. Because she was a slave girl. I mean, think about it. It was a job. I'm going to flee from that. I can't stand the cubicle I work in. Uh, the angel of the Lord said to her, return to your cubicle, your mistress, and submit to her. If you have white out, you have to be older to know that there was this bottle called white out. You can take your Bible and just eliminate the word submit because we don't like it in the 2023 much, that word, right? So just submit, take it out. But no, it says submit to her. And the angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her. And the angel of the Lord also said to her, I will surely multiply your offspring so they cannot be numbered. They cannot be numbered for a multitude. He's basically saying you're part of the Abrahamic covenant or, or, or commitment or promise. The angel said to her, what? Behold, you're pregnant. You shall bear a son, and you shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has listened to your affliction. And he shall be a wild donkey of a man. I don't know if that makes him another word in modern language. <laughs> but he was a wild donkey of a man, and his hand against everyone, and everyone's hand against him, and he shall dwell over against all of his kinsmen. This is a very uh, beginning, there's more to come, of where the, the turmoil and the tension within the people of that era or that area is still going on. I just want you to give you a place in the Bible. Where is some of this going on? I don't know. You, you know, a lot of people want to speculate how it got there and whose fault it is or whatever. But this is, this is basically uh, what is beginning some of the turmoil. We're going to talk more about that. So she called on the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You're the God of seeing. For she said, truly here I've seen him who looks after me. Therefore, the well was called Bear Ahiroi. It, it lies between Kadesh and Barad. And Hagar bore Abram a son. And Abram called the name of his son, whom Hagar bore Ishmael. And Abram was 86. Hey, by the way, that's cool, isn't it? 86. I know Tyler's old. <laughs> but 86, just don't count. Don't, don't, you're still in the game. All right, I'm talking about God's game. Don't go anywhere. But it's good. I like that. So let's a little quick summary here. We've got Abram's wife. That's Sarai. Uh, couldn't have kids. Shared his, her, you know, her maid servant and Isaac. Eventually came from Sarah. We know there's a lot of story there. But here's the thing we're going to find is if she sends Ishmael away, it's not a good thing. In fact, if you think about it, by the time Isaac was born, Ishmael was 13 years old. That's a long time to have somebody in your house and loving on them and watching them grow up. I love the New Living Translation. This, this son of yours will be a wild man, as untamed as a wild donkey. 
He'll raise his fist against everyone and everyone will be against him. And yes, he will live in open hostility against all of his relatives. And you get to invite them to Thanksgiving this year. I mean, some of you, does anybody have, I mean, don't, if they're here, don't look at them. But I mean, don't you have people that you're like, why are they, are we so difficult? Anyway, they were dealing with that. And that's part of what's going on. Genesis chapter 17, let's move on. Here is the point in time on the timeline when Abram becomes Abraham. This is when he reminds him one more time that you're going to be a father of multitude of nations, not a single nation, but a multitude of nations. I'm going to make you exceedingly, verse 6 says, I'll make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make you into nations and kings shall come after you. This is an amazing uh, statement for Abram and he changes his name to Abraham. He goes on in verse 7. Again, your offspring. Offspring is more than just Isaac. Your offspring. He's he's reminding that I have blessed all your lineage. And he says, as you begin to sojourn, all the land of Canaan for every lasting possession, I will be their God. So he's talking about everybody in that area. What does that look like? Here is a map. If you look down in the the right side where it says, uh, Babylonia, right under it's Ur. Everybody say Ur. Yes, when you're hungry. Ur. And this is the travels of Abraham up through Mesopotamia, up and around and down through what now is Syria, down through now what is Canaan or the land of Canaan or Palestine or what do you want to call it. On in, and actually they travel all, over, all, all the way over into the Egypt area and back. And this is the area saying, this is all yours. Everybody here, I'm going to be their God. How many different tribes and nations are in that area? A lot. Do you see how this is all absolutely right biblically uh, coming about? It doesn't mean there isn't friction. He's also, so there's a few donkeys in the group. We'll talk about that later. Genesis chapter 21 says this, and when Isaac grew up, about to be weaned, this is the story of Ishmael being asked to leave. Hagar being asked to leave, and they're sent out. And they're finally sent out. This isn't Hagar running. This is now being sent out. And that's tough. But they're going to get an inheritance. Goes on in verse 11. Abraham was upset. Because he liked, he loved Ishmael. This isn't about Abraham. You know, Ishmael's wrong and, and Isaac's right. Abraham loved both of them. But God had a plan. God told Abraham in verse 12, it says, Do not be upset over the boy and your servant. Do whatever Sarah tells you, for Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. But I will also make a nation of the descendants of Hagar's sons, because he is your son too. I'm, re- I'm bringing us back to all the reinforcing God is doing through Scripture, because it's real easy to think that's just once. He's saying, hey, remember this, remember this. It's important, church, today for us to know those things. God didn't get caught by the surprise of what's going on today. God didn't get caught by surprise what happened with Hagar. Hello? There's a bigger plan at play here. And God's still the one that is above all names, right? His name's Jesus, by the way. I'm trying to give us some encouragement there. Genesis chapter 25, jumping forward quite a bit, we find that Ishmael's descendants occupied the region up by Sir. And which is the east of Egypt, the direction of Asher. This is where they lived openly, hostily lived towards all their relatives. It's that group in your family, right? Well, so far you're like, well, this is really wonderful. 
So the conflict continues. It actually is going to build. We're going to look at it even more and more and more. But if you begin to look at Isaac, Isaac marries Rebekah. Rebekah gives birth to twins, Jacob and Esau. Jacob and Esau, Esau's the hunter. Remember the story about the soup or the stew, the beef stew? And, and, and you have Jacob who actually becomes the Hebrew patriarch and the father of 12 tribes of Israel. There's actually 12 tribes of Esau, if you look it up. Not of them, not much, many of them are still around, but there was that too. And Jacob later is changed into a name of Israel, which we refer to as the, the nation or the state of Israel uh, after 1947 or whatever. But I'm, I'm, I'm just going to blow through some things here because I want us to dial into something here. Um, I want to encourage you to look up the, the, the verses and the slides because when, I, when I'm kind of going through chapter 25, you're going to find that there were twins, even though they were foretold. Uh, as the birth happened, there was conflict going on before they were even born. And in fact, as they were born, um, you, you had uh, one grabbing a hole. I mean, you just had a lot going on, Okay. There was still conflict. There's these two nations warring. They, uh, and and I, I, want, I want to just say before we go too much further, um, in such a time as this, and, and I'm not going to just talk about Israel now. I'm going to talk about in your life. There may be some stuff that has been going on for a long time. It may be with family. It may be with an ex. It may be a relationship b- between uh, a parent and their adult child. I know you know some of those. And it's so easy to get caught up in the, the reporting of the events. Get caught up in the, the hurt of the present, the destruction. Can you believe they bombed that? And I'm not talking about what's on the news. I'm talking about the words or what was launched in social media or emails or whatever. Or maybe it's the silent treatment. Has anybody ever ghosted you? Doesn't feel too good. There's a lot to be learned for today to realize that this seems hopeless. This seems empty. This seems in turmoil, and I don't want that. I want peace. What we find throughout Scripture is there's only one peace giver. His name's Jesus. There's only one that can reconcile broken hearts. That's, his name is Jesus. And there's only one uh, a powerful source that can take something that's dead and put life back in it. His name's Jesus. Yes, Esau and Jacob, all that stuff was going on. Um, and it's gone on and on and on and on and on. Next week, we're going to begin to dial into Israel. See, we didn't even get to that yet necessarily. But I, I want to, us to, to really hear some things from the Lord. Do you believe the Holy Spirit's t- speaking to us if, if we ask today? Okay. We care a lot of Scripture. Please, it, I, I have more material than I really couldn't even imagine of bringing. So I just was faithful to bring you some. And I'm actually expecting God to do the rest of the teaching while we're here. Psalms 122, we've seen this. Maybe we've heard this. You know, you say, well, what is the church? What is the uh, community church at 512 East Seward Road in Guthrie, Oklahoma have to do with Israel going on right now even? Well, this was back penned in Psalms. It says, pray for the peace in Jerusalem. Notice it doesn't say Israel. 
We're going to come to that next week. But pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May all who love this city prosper. Oh, Jerusalem, may there be peace within your walls and prosperity in your palaces. For the sake of my family and friends, I will say, may you have peace. That's to one another. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek what is best for you. We can pray for Israel, can't we? We can pray for Jerusalem. We can pray for all that God's up. Did you realize that our faith began in that area and one day the world will end and that'll be the epicenter. It's called Armageddon. Did you realize the beginning and the end occurs there? Jesus talked about coming back and in fact, um, you'll find when you do a tour over there that there are people st- building furniture for the ne- next temple. They don't realize he's going to come in the form of Jesus. But he will reestablish his kingdom. But the, the wars and the rumors of wars that we're hearing, what, we, what are we to do? Well, first of all, we're not to lose hope that God somehow is getting overpowered. God's still in charge. We can pray for those. We have men and women and sons and daughters that have been deployed. They've been, they're stationed all over the globe to try to bring peace, to try to bring uh, democracy. I'm not, again, I'm not trying to go, but they're, they're basically deployed, uh, being um, submitted to their leadership. Why? Because they're part of a nation that believes one nation of God, but believes in freedom, believes in the freedom of, of many things, but I believe, believes that God's the Almighty, various ways and forms. So we can pray for them. But in John chapter 14, it also is, here's Jesus. It was a time he's about to leave the earth. And a lot of people think maybe I've lost hope. Maybe the thing I was counting on is not going to be around. And Jesus is reminding us even today this. He says this in, in John 14, 27, peace, peace, I leave you. Peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. He's speaking to what is going on in many circles, depending on what's going on in your own life. I love what the New Living Translation says. I'm leaving you with a gift, a peace of mind and, a pe- and heart. And the peace I give you is a gift. You know, it's, it's what he's talking about, isn't it? It's Jesus Christ knowing who he is and saying yes to him and receiving all that he offers, right? That's, that's a gift, right? We talk about him being a free gift. But you got to open it. you got to receive it. But he says, I give you a gift the world cannot give, so don't be troubled or afraid. So take a minute and think, what is it that is troubling you? Is it a loved one? Are you dealing with medical issues? Do you have peace that passes all understanding? Do you have a friend or a family member? Have you asked for the Prince of Peace to come and be with you, to fill you? In our family, we've had a lot going on this year. Thank, thank goodness God is God, right? Right? We found out uh, as late as Friday that our daughter, who recently got married this year, um, is being referred from a gynecologist issue to a, a um, oncologist 
to a mass that's in her abdomen of a 12-inch diameter mass with a two-inch solid center. Could be nothing. I'm thankful there's many people have come to encourage us saying we had something like that before. But you know the only way to have peace is to realize God's got her. And the only way you're going to have peace, whether no matter what's going on in the world, no matter what you're facing, is to realize that God has got you. Gave his life for you, not for you to just not have troubles. But he says, I'm not going to leave you, and I'm not going to forsake you. I don't care what your parent did. I don't care what that ex did. I'm not leaving you. I love you. And not only am I going to be your comforter, but I'm going to be your protector, your bulwark. You're going, to, you're going to find protection under my wing. But above all, I'm going, to, I'm going to be your peace. Receive me. Exchange fear for peace. Exchange worry for peace. Again, does it make it all okay? And all, Well, we're just not thinking about it now. That is not what we're talking about. It's saying, I trust, I trust, I trust in something greater than me. In church, this world, the people that don't have a clue about peace are in shambles inside many of them. And I believe God is calling us, not just this congregation, but the church in such a time, in times, in times, to not just inoculate ourselves into, well, let's pick out the new color of carpet. There should be a, a, a priority of some sort in us of how we pray, how we witness. Because this world needs a Savior. Do you agree? Amen. Let's all stand. We'll close. I'd like for you to just... There is so, it's so easy for Bill Williams sometimes to grab something and try to fix it. I, I know we're talking about other people down the street, but at least one in the building is this dude, this me. And I don't know about you, I have been frustrated. By the way, if Curtis was in here, you'd say that's a, that's a nice word for angry. Has anybody ever been frustrated? anger and I've done some made some decisions because I was tired of it I'm going to put my foot down by goodness I'm going to speed up and not let them in they're not yielding that accomplished great things didn't it and sometimes we can get on social media we can get on whatever let's not go that route that's all earthly I'm asking you to think about a war room. Some of you, there was a, a time when people literally had their prayer closet. It's a time that I think is now to ever fight the right fights the right way. And, and that's to, to war in the, not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers of darkness. That we get with the word of God and we hold it up like a, like a reflecting mirror. And the Holy Spirit, we take our issues, we take our worries, whether they are global or in our family, and we say, Lord, you, your spirit illuminated me truth. Let me be a truth bearer. 
I leave with you my fears and my worries and my doubts and my anger and anything destructive because God, I want more than ever you to show up in me so those that need you will find you. So when we get up in the morning, have we warred right? Have we prepared for the right battle? Are, are, we, are we realizing God is in charge? We do not have to fear. And he wants to give us peace today. And I would just, as we close in prayers, what area of your life is not at peace? What is it? Bring it to the altar of God. Give it to him. And say, I desire your peace. Touch this area. Pour into this part of my life. I want to give it over to you and receive what I don't have right now. You, you see what I'm saying here? So as we pray, you don't have to do it physically unless you want to. But I want to pray that over us today and then we're going to dismiss. Does that sound good? Father God, thank you. Thank you that you're here. We've come in the name of Jesus. We've assembled in your name. We've been called by your name as part of your church. And Lord, we have humbled ourselves in part here before you, but Lord, what we need you to do is we need you to, to reveal to us the things that we need to turn over to you, things you already know. Lord, we just give to you today in the name of Jesus. We speak to the schemer. We speak to the warfare that's around us. And Lord, that it would be uh, disarmed in our minds and hearts. And that, Lord, what we allow to flood in is your truth. Father, help us stay firm and steadfast in the word and the truth. And let our faith be loud enough that people run into you, maybe before they run into ourselves. Thank you for this body of believers. Thank you that you got us. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray for those that are around this globe, standing for the right freedoms of people. And especially our brothers and sisters in Christ that are in harm's way, whether locally or, or globally, Lord, protect them and be their peace and strength. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. You know, we always do the football thing, right? I know last weekend was a tough battle for some. But guess what, church? You are the winning team. It's not by your might, but by his. So go as the church and let the world know he lives. And he lives and he lives. God bless you all. Run.